Connects Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing cancer surveillance using AI with Asaf Feveran, CEO and co-founder of C2I Genomics. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at X Talks, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter Virakovicevich and a very special guest. We're happy to have Dr. Asef Zuviran, CEO and co-founder of C2I Genomics on the show today. C2I Genomics is a biotech company that has developed a whole genome cancer treatment intelligence platform for cancer surveillance using AI approaches. To learn more about C2I Genomics, let's hear from Dr. Asaf Zviran himself. So welcome to the show, Dr. Zviran. Thank you, Aisha. Hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting us to the podcast. It's a pleasure. Uh, so, so I'm happy to uh, tell you more about, uh, we can start with the mission of C2I, what we are trying to do. And then I can tell you more about my, my personal story, which is actually very connected to, to the company and to the mission that we are building. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe to give more a, a context about what we are trying to achieve, uh, CITWA is developing a, a blood test that allows to guide treatment for, for oncology patients using real-time measurement of the treatment response. So instead of what we are usually hearing from a physician about uh, we are doing this treatment because that's the protocol and we need to wait six to 12 months until we know if it's working, CITRA is actually trying to provide a, a, a test that allows to measure in real time in a matter of weeks if the patient is going to treatment or not. And also uh, after intervention like uh, surgeries and so on, allowing the physician to know if the, if the patient actually have residual disease, have cancer uh, cells in his body uh, after the surgery. Uh, the importance is that uh, currently what we have been seeing is that there is a very, there, there is a exciting uh, advancement in uh, treatments such as targeted therapies, immunotherapies, and so on. But actually the way that we are measuring if the treatment is working is taken from the early 60s or 70s of the previous century. Mm. And these imaging methodologies actually cannot uh, discriminate between patients that are responding or not responding. And, and, and until you know that, it's, uh, it's too late. And this is what CITRA is trying to uh, change. Wonderful. And so can you tell us a bit more about the company's proprietary cancer surveillance technology platform? So uh, we are uh, using a simple blood test and providing the most comprehensive genomic testing to catch even the slightest, weakest cancer signal in the patient blood. So we are detecting if there is any tumor uh, in the patient blood, uh, we are going to detect it, even very, very weak signals. And to do that, we are integrating information across uh, the entire genome, 
any variant of the tumor that is floating in the patient blood, we can detect it. And integrating all of that information allows us a higher sensitivity and accuracy than other methodologies. So, so instead of trying to look on few spots in the genome, we are actually capturing the entire picture and mm -hmm. trying to see uh, all of the variants uh, uh, that are detected in the blood. And if you want, I can give you a bit more uh, context about the background that I'm coming from, and that's actually connected to the technology that we developed. So, uh, uh, as you said, I myself, uh, uh, my background is actually from the Israeli high-tech and defense sector. So, uh, so education, early education in electrical engineering, physics, applied mathematics. Uh, I worked for many years uh, on actually developing anti-missile defense systems for the Israeli Navy and Army. At the age of 27, I was managing one of the largest anti-missile defense projects uh, for the Israeli Navy. And actually, after many successful experiments and started to implement the, the technology on, on, on our uh, ships, I was diagnosed as a cancer patient. Mm. So uh, basically, I started my own journey. Uh, and in a very crazy period, actually, also my father and both of my wife's parents were also diagnosed. Oh, wow. all, within, all within something like three years. So, mm. so there was a couple of years that I was spending most of my time moving between on court, different cancer types, talking with them. And as an engineer that actually my, my profession was developing system to guide decisions, talking with oncology, asking the simplest question of, of okay, after surgery, do we need treatment or not? Am I responding or not? Do I need something else? Do I need to change? And, and keep hearing a, 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 the answer, this is the protocol. We don't know. We need to wait. We need to do imaging. It's not conclusive. We need to wait another three months, another six months, and so on. It was clear to me that there is there is a gap. There is some unmet need here that need to be uh, answered. I completely changed my field. So from electrical engineering, I, I went to an institute called the Weizmann Institute, which is one of the leading science center in Israel. Went to the Department of Biology, told them I want to do a PhD in molecular biology without any background. So they were a bit uh, 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 confused and amazed, but but at the end it, it worked. Mm -hmm. And I started learning about uh, cells, about cancer, about sequencing, and how can we use, how can we implement methodologies actually coming from radars, signal processing, AI, into sequencing, into molecular biology in order to, to, to uh, detect cancer more efficiently. Wow, that's quite the story. Thank you for uh, sharing that. And uh, it's really amazing how, you know, you're able to take your background and then bring it um, and merge it into what you're doing now and create uh, this cancer surveillance technology, as you, as you uh, call it. So that's really wonderful to learn about. Um, and you you mentioned that there were, you know, you saw some gaps and challenges in, in cancer detection, treatment, monitoring. Um, so how does your technology address them? Yeah, I think two of the major problems these days in, in cancer treatment, uh, you can summarize them on two classes, over-treatment and under-treatment. Mm -hmm. oh, and, and both are a, a huge problem, both for quality of life and outcome, and also for, for cost management of the 
oncology, healthcare, burden. So overtreatment means that there are patients today that are going for surgeries, treatments, immunotherapy, radiation, and, and either doesn't need it or doesn't respond or, or get any benefit from that. And think, think about patients that are going for organ resection of their rectum, their bladder, their, and, and basically uh, don't need it because they responded very efficiently to, to, uh, to prior treatment called neoadjuvant treatment, and actually they don't have any disease and they're going through a section without any need. So the problem is that how can we monitor and measure patients that have complete response to treatment and actually remove some of the unnecessary treatment? And again, removing that can leave organs in patients that, that basically uh, allow them to function and to have very high quality of life uh, in contrast to, to becoming disabled and so on. And also remove a lot of toxicity, morbidities, uh, uh, really improve the quality of life of the patient. On the other side, there are patients that are going for surgery. Uh, let's assume like stage two lung cancer going for surgery and then uh, they, they are told we need to wait. So we don't know if you're going to have a current, we need to wait. Some of them may, may be cured, but some of them are, are, are going to have metastatic disease. Once imaging detected metastatic disease, it's too late. Mm. Then it's basically fight for a, a, how much time you can survive, but the, the, the cure, the window for cure is closed and it, it, it's very rare to get cure uh, from the disease when, when you have metastatic disease. Uh, so again, then if we can detect patients that have high risk of recurrence and treat them accordingly with more aggressive treatment in, uh, 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 after the surgery, then we can actually cure them. So, so basically we are going on a very wide spectrum from removing unnecessary treatment from patients who don't need it and improve the quality of life and adding uh, escalating treatment for patients that actually uh, need more aggressive uh, treatment. And so specifically, how um, does the integration of whole genome sequencing with AI-based data analytical approaches, how, how does that work to um, allow for that kind of precision targeting and um, prediction for, um, you know, treatment responses, um, risk of relapse, and, and things like that? Yeah. So, so one of the interesting things is that uh, every patient, every cancer is unique. In the, in the mutation genomic signature, every cancer is unique. You can think about every cancer mm -hmm. like, a, a, like a Mona Lisa picture with very, mm -hmm. very unique pattern, like very unique pattern that are very different from, from patient to patient. Uh, uh, most of the methodologies, uh, besides C2R, most of the other methodologies are only trying to detect a few variants from that picture. So think about a picture with, with 20, 30,000 pixels, and you're only trying to detect five of them. And, and, and because the signal is weak, uh, 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 and, and the limited number of, 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 of sites that you're trying to detect, the sensitivity, the accuracy, your ability to do it is, is very much reduced. What CITRA is doing is actually taking, again, like taking the concept from other theory, signal processing, and, and, and looking on pattern recognition approach for mm. cancer. And actually what we are doing is, is very interesting. So we are, the first step, we are taking a, a, a piece, a biopsy 
from the patient tumor at the time of diagnosis, and we are characterizing that patient signature. So think about it, we are basically building that Mona Lisa picture from that patient and characterizing that. And then once we have that reference, we are looking for these signals in, in, in the blood sample of the patient. And basically using everything. So um, instead of using five, 10, 20 spots, we are using 30,000. We are doing complete pattern recognition in the blood. Mm -hmm. Some of the interesting, besides that it actually provides higher sensitivity and accuracy of the monitoring, it also allows us to do it with a low input. I'm not going to go to the technical details why mm -hmm. it's happening, but actually we need low input, a low amount of blood to do it, which is making the blood collection processing more simple. It reduces technical failures. But one of the interesting things, <clears throat> It actually allows to, to apply it for pediatric cancer for kids. Mm. And we are the only company, the only company in the residual disease field that are currently working and showing <clears throat> any result on guiding treatment for kids. And we are very, very excited about it. I just had a question for you. So the company's website mentions that the platform can be used to perform cancer tumor burden monitoring on a global scale. So how does that work? Yeah, so that's actually, that's a great question. This, this is also a, a, a direct uh, advantage from the way that the method is built. So uh, what we are actually doing on the, on the wet lab, on the lab that is processing the blood sample, we are doing a very simple uh, chemistry called all genome sequencing, basically taking all of the DNA that are extracted from the patient blood and just sequence everything instead of trying to find specific points and so on. So this is a very simple, off-the-shelf, automated, scalar process that any lab in the world can do. So when we started the, the company, we said, so why should we start do like a single lab that everyone will send something to us? Let's provide the solution to everyone. <clears throat> so what we did, we built a, a and, and the interesting thing is that, again, you're doing a very simple process, and then the software of the pattern recognition, AI, signal processing, that's the unique aspect. And that can be done on the cloud. So we built a platform that is GDPR HIPAA compliant, a very stringent data privacy, cyber security, very stringent uh, and, 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 and uh, a, a high capacity of processing. Uh, and, and the way that we are working, we're actually partnering with some of the largest diagnostic companies all over the globe, allowing them to validate the protocol in their lab, process samples locally, upload to the cloud and opening a server at the country. So the data is always at the same country, never leave in compliance to all of the data privacy restriction. Uh, we are currently very, very active in Europe, for example. We are working in Denmark, in France, and Switzerland, and expanding to other locations, such as UK. We are very active in uh, Asia, in Singapore, going into China and into Israel. Uh, and actually, in the US, there are a couple of uh, very large partnerships that are going to be announced in the US with, with major companies and health systems, and also in Japan. And again, the concept is that uh, we are uh, keeping the company as, as a software enabler, software provider for other diagnostic companies and allowing them to operate and to give it to, to the community in their location.
So we mentioned a lot about um, the use of the platform for cancer, but was just wondering, can the platform be used in other disease indications? Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So in general, the concept of liquid biopsy, which is based on DNA that is extracted from the blood, liquid biopsy can be used to detect many different things. It can be used to detect uh, uh, any tissue damage, inflammation, uh, rejection of transplant, uh, even uh, uh, neurodegenerative disease and so on. Uh, for us, the focus currently on is, is the vision is to provide a full spectrum uh, of solution uh, to guide and improve treatment for cancer patients. So uh, currently we are focusing on the ability to measure treatment and to use this measurement to improve decisions. But we are also uh, building a method that will allow to screen early detection of cancer and also treatment selection. So using the whole genome information to actually select better uh, treatments. Uh, basically the, the end goal is to provide a, a, a platform that can follow the patient throughout the journey. From the early detection, or the choosing the treatment and then measuring if it's working, if it's not working, choosing again and so on. Let's click doing a, a optimization on, on the patient in a personal manner uh, for the patients. Uh, again, it can be applied for other, uh, for other uh, uh, indication besides cancer, but it's not in our uh, bandwidth or focus. Oh, I see. And are there any other technologies or platforms that C2I Genomics has plans maybe for in the future or even currently? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so, so, so that's uh, basically exactly what I mentioned before, that uh, the, the aim is to currently we are already commercializing the MRD, the residual disease, and by the way, I didn't mention, but this product is approved for clinical testing in Europe. It's going to be approved for clinical testing in the US. It's, we, pharma companies, some of the largest pharma companies actually started to use that in their clinical trials to guide enrollment and monitor of clinical trials. And again, currently we are working very actively on deploying the technology in, in very large health systems in the US, in Israel, in Europe and other locations. Uh, but the next stage is, is, is to provide more and more solutions uh, uh, basically to cover all of the questions in the uh, cancer patient uh, uh, management. And what, what's interesting is that, again, as I said, that uh, the underlying uh, lab workflow is simple whole genome. All of the solutions that we are developing, all of them are based on the exact same whole genome processing. So basically, Two years from now, a, a blood that is working for, with a situation is getting a blood sample, they can run a simple generic original processing sequencing upload, and then they can choose between a variety of solutions. So they can run a sample, upload, and choose. Today I want to do cancer screening, early detection, or if this is already a patient that was diagnosed, I want to do MRD, or I want to do treatment selection, and so on. So the way that we think about it is, is, is like a Google store of cancer treatment application that you can run something very generic and then choose the application that, that you need for the current question. And so um, 
what do you see next for DNA sequencing and, you know, whole genome and anal- uh, sorry, and whole genome analysis for oncology? And just in general, how do you see cancer detection and monitoring changing in the future? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so regarding uh, the next generation sequencing based diagnostic, I believe that uh, we are going to see a shift uh, that many of the application are going to be done by all genome. And again, that's motivated also by the decrease of sequencing costs and the uh, improvement of uh, the ability to uh, process very large amount of data on the cloud and improvement in bioinformatic and machine learning and so on to allow us to really, first of all, it's going to be very cheap to do it. And second of all, there will be very good machinery to process and to provide the insight for the data. Uh, I think uh, uh, what we are going to see in cancer is that uh, the shift is going to move from looking on a cohort of patients to what people call N of one. So, 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 so we need to optimize something for the N of one, for the mm-hmm. one patient. Each patient is different. Each patient cancer is, is very different and behave differently. And uh, think about like think about diabetes and glucose meter. Like how, how do you manage diabetes without the ability to measure glucose in real time and really optimize all the time uh, 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 what what need to be the uh, consumption? So uh, uh, I think in in the long run we are going to see introduction and a lot of data science into the cancer treatment management with real-time measurement that all of the time are basically supporting the physician on guiding him what is the right treatments now to guide them on that patient. So each patient will have a very different treatment regimen uh, that will be really tailored for him. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, Dr. Zviran, what are the short and long-term goals of C2I genomics? What can we expect? So uh, we, we are very excited about uh, a, a allowing accessibility to our technology. So again, I'm coming from Israel. Uh, uh, when I was a, a cancer patient, not necessarily we have access to foundation or to have access to many of our other, other technologies. So we are very excited about uh, our ability to uh, provide the same high quality solution in the US, Europe, India, China, Japan, Israel, and so on. Uh, so we are going to continue with this uh, building the network and supporting both clinical trials and clinical testing in a global scale. Uh, and the second, and the second, uh, so this is on the short term. On the long term, uh, again, we believe that there is a need for a system that will really manage the decision making for a specific patient uh, on on real time. So so besides currently currently we are measuring only if patient is funny or not. The end the, the end goal is to develop a system that can really like support the decision. So so monitor, recommend, optimize, and so on, and really work with the physician together on uh, tailoring the right uh, treatment for each patient. It's wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Zaviran, for speaking to us about the tremendous work happening at C2I Genomics to advance cancer detection and personalizing treatments. That's the end of this episode of the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. 
Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.